You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Liz in Detroit podcast. This is show 23, and I was thinking, eh, it's what, 17 or 18? No, it's show 23. Um, and it's been a while since my last show, so I'm really happy to pick uh, today to fill in with a lot. Not only do we have a, a wonderful guest who happens to be Christian Draheim of the Infatuations. <sighs> Yay, Christian, who, you know, we play one of your songs like and as our intro um, every day, but um, every time we have a show. But, um, you know, I'm happy to have you on because you are entering into some new things now that I'm happy to talk about because it's what I do. So, um, but to, to tell everybody once again, yes, Liz in Detroit show, you can reach out to me through my website, which... People, it's finally going to be launched. I know I've been talking about it the past year, but at the end of this month, I'm thinking of shooting for August 27th. Um, the new Liz in Detroit um, website will be launched. So look for that. It's got lots of great new content, lots of great new search engines and information. So um, I hope to connect with all of you more come uh, once you see that, um, as well as, of course, Facebook, Liz in Detroit, Twitter, Liz in Detroit, and um um, starting up a new Instagram too, where I can feature a lot more of the videos and photos of the uh, of my listings and properties that I showcase. So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome everyone to uh, say hello to Christian Draham once again. He was one of the first presenters on one of my shows. Didn't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and um, and then we were talking about you then as the rock and roll mortgage dude, right? guy, dude, guy, whatever. But now you've actually entered into my realm. You're not stealing my glory. No. no. I'm just helping no. you sell Detroit. Just helping That's us all. sell Detroit. Yeah. In a very good way. In your yeah. own unique way, which is, I mean, we always need good people because we know you're already good at what you do. And now you're just expanding into the world of real estate. So. Yeah, making um, the transition. I'm getting out of the Yeah, so talk world. to us about this. So, you know, as this show, as you know, is not only about me talking about what I'm doing in real estate and things in the lifestyle of Detroit, having your background of music, which, again, is is an incredible historical part of the city of Detroit, having that mortgage oh, background. You. Yeah. And also now getting into the real estate market. So what what Don't made forget you- about Shane Park. No. Okay. Also, Shane Park people will give a little plug at the end of the show, too, regarding the remaining shows for the rest of the season. <laughs> All right. But no, for um, what made you decide to make this leap from the mortgage industry to actually being that guy who now is taking people out to look at these properties? Well, last year, I've been wanting to make a transition out of the mortgage world, and mm-hmm. I was hoping that would be music full time. Mm-hmm. Um and last December, I got together with a friend of mine who's been an agent for 20-some years, but he's really a tech guy. Mm-hmm. You know, his background mm-hmm. and his passion is marketing and generating pay-per-click lead traffic and building sites and things like that. And uh, we had gotten together to talk about getting a site together. I'd be the loan officer. He'd be the uh, real estate agent, but he hadn't had enough time. And then he was telling me about what's going on with AgentJet. Mm-hmm. So they were hiring a local sales guy. I'm like, hello. <laughs> so I took the sales gig at AgentJet. Mm-hmm. and you know, it hadn't turned out in terms of me selling enough of those platforms sure. um, to transition completely out of the mortgage industry. So I was trying to do both. Yeah. And um, then I was like, why aren't more people buying this? It's a great product. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I'm a mortgage guy, not a real estate agent. So I can't show the social proof that look what it did for me. Right. So I started shopping the competitors to see if everybody else is real estate agents that are selling these or they're just really, really slick texts sales mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. No, nope, not the case at all. Mm-hmm. It's just the space is overcrowded and people have gotten burned, spent a lot of money on places. Right. Um, and that's a big thing that I have to overcome. So I have basically three types of customers that I would have the potential to get in front of all real estate agents. Somebody who's been burned before that has trust issues who's spending a lot of, you know, $10,000 on something that didn't work. Right. 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 Then I have the folks that are, they know they need to get into the space, but you know, everything is Zillow to them. It's all the same. What's yeah. the difference, right? Right. So they don't know. So it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So no decision. Then the folks that get it, buy it right away. I just don't get enough of those at-bats. Mm-hmm. So while I was shopping and pretending to be a real estate agent while mm-hmm. shopping the, the uh, competition, pretending to be 
taking the real estate course, actually. Mm-hmm. It was about a week into that and decided, you know, what? I'm just going to go ahead and take the course. And then, you know, I'm finding myself looking in the free time at listings online. Mm-hmm. A lot more interesting than I don't ever like run mortgage payments in my free time or re- look up guidelines. It's just not fun. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> so as I'm as I'm fading right now in your cafe. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that kind of led to the transition of, you know what? I think I'm just going to be real estate agent and then I'll kind of do the agent jet thing, you know, to, you know, to keep my, I guess, my ground to the uh, technology side of things. And I really like doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, then focus on music again, get back to the infatuations, doing some work. And uh, then, of course, Shane Park. That's fantastic. Well, so that was a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's good. I mean, again, I, the w- one thing I can say about what it is that, um, why, I think I'm good at what I do and people tell me that I'm good at what I do is like my interests are very, you know, are quite varied. Like I fell into real estate almost kind of at a fluke, having a background in a lot of different things. But having the childhood that I did growing up in the city and kind of have an opportunity of getting into real stuff kind of kind of fell into my my lap. I realized how much of a good fit it was for me from from all the experiences that I had had. It only enhance my ability to be good at what I am now. And um, I think the same things for you. You know, music is such a strong history and in, in future in the city of Detroit. And you know a lot of people in that, you know, in that whole arena. And then getting into the mortgage biz, it's like you have that one up now on a lot of real estate agents who don't even understand how um, the mortgage sides even work. They're like, they leave that to the mortgage guys. Yeah. So you have that added benefit and knowledge that it, to me it makes you even more the, the well-rounded and powerful in how you can excel in doing that. So yeah, it's I really can... important because I, I know, I mean, maybe not on a daily basis, but I know that I'm in contact with a lot of the lenders do, that I do a lot of work with. I'm on the phone with them at least every other day, you know, for other things, just like checking up on this thing for this client and that thing and what program will work. And, and it's a valuable, valuable extremely valuable information. Yeah, I know where to go to get the changing. loans, too. Yeah. Like, I know what company can get something to the closing table on time just because I've referred them there already or I worked, at, I worked there, whatever it may be. Exactly, right? exactly. So, that, yeah, that I think that that's a huge help. And I could see that being really overwhelming for somebody just getting in trying to sort that out. Like, how do you tell which pre-approval is decent? Mm-hmm. How do you know which mortgage loan officer is good for your client? Right. Things like that. Exactly. A lot of times clients come with their own, mm-hmm. right? But they do look to agents at times. Well, again, it, you know, you know about this business. It's so much of it's uh, uh, centered around personality. Yes. You know, there are a lot of good agents out there that do um, real estate and do mortgages, and a lot of it is about that fit, like how you meld with that person. Like better, um, I guess, solidifies the trust and the communication that you're going to have going forward. And you know, not every client is going to work for for me. Just as you know, not every um, yeah, personalities every- for sure. Same thing as being a loan officer for yeah. folks. It's just yeah. sometimes it's not a good fit. Right. Like I am not a good fit for folks that are have problems with technology. Mm-hmm. If you can't work the email or a scanner, I'm not your guy. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't have time for it. Yeah. So, but if you are um, somebody who has a ton of questions and the same question over and over, I'm, I'm okay with that. Keep asking me the same question until you understand. Sure, like, sure. And again, being that self-aware and how that how you can be a help to people is great. Yeah, it's funny. I have a client right now who doesn't have internet. So, but I like it because I'm work I'm working with an entire family on this listing, and um, I actually got to meet the mom who's the seller, and I picked her up. We looked at this pro- the, the the property that she's no longer occupying, and it's just like I enjoy this part of the process because not. You know, not every deal is the same. So it's kind of able. I, I like having the time to work with somebody that's like that, that aren't, isn't, uh, you know, like the snap their fingers. But I, I totally get it. And, and, and knowing what you like to do and how you like to operate is is so much a part of your success. Because um, so much, I think, for new agents, you know, and it's a part of the learning process. You're going in so many different directions because you want that. You want those clients from however direction you got it. So you're going to kind of be that bottom feeder. You're going to take so much from every different angle as possible because, you know, you want the Just business. You've you got to make yeah, it work. Right. And you got to figure out, you know, what works for you and what makes sense. Um, I engaged in coaching uh, 
early this year too. And that's been a huge help. And I, I put off, um, the phone calls with my coach for like the last two months because things were so crazy. Like I did this podcast and I was just like, I'm going insane. And she's like, you know, sometimes we don't just have to talk about business. Sometimes it's like having that mentor that gets how things work. And even in the most stressful times, you need to have people that have been through that to kind of see you through the light. So it's like, it's, and that was really helpful today. I'm like, wow, I shouldn't have put this phone call off last week. I should have done it because I would have felt a lot better afterwards. Who's your coach? Her name is Tracy McNeely. And I got her through the Workman Success Systems that has done a lot of real estate coaching through Real Estate One. And they had a great package um, uh, where not only were we getting the coaching, but we were getting like de- uh, discounts on like new CRM. So this whole past like 12 months has been a big growth phase for me in trying to create a new website, put serious strategic systems in place. And here I'm thinking like, I know what I want. I can just put this together. No. I mean, on average, it, even my coach is saying, she's like, Liz, you know, when you, I, everything that you're doing is great and it's going to take time. You can't see that these things are going to be done overnight. She's like, most people to get through these new systems and the think in the way of the systems, which make your life more efficient and better, can take four to six months. And I'm just like, really? But it's true. And I feel like, if, if one of the things I accomplish at the end of this year is to get a really great CRM and not only have it in place, but know how it works and use it to my benefit. Absolutely. You so, know, that's what agent jet is, right? I know it is. I See, and we are, that. I know our timing was a little bit off, but no, no, you, know, you, you can use it you in conjunction. It in, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, I, and again, what's really nice about it. It'll tell you when it's a good time to reach out. So you're not pestering people. Yeah. Well, that's it, nice. This is one of the things, you know, talk about the learning curve. I, I, as much as I know and and feel to be a professional and very proficient with what I do, I can't turn my back on new ways for technology and, and being at the forefront of how to learn everything as, as I know you, you know, with agent jet and it's just like trying a bunch of different things. Like I got involved on the Zillow world early, early on when people really used it for all the right reasons. Now it's been saturated and it's really tough. Like I thought, great, I'll pick the great zip codes that I know are the next frontier and this will be great and I'll get these leads. And it's, and you actually. Unless you're spending a lot of money. You hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, it's kind of like the yellow pages for real estate right now. It's just a profile. It it doesn't your your face is up there and it's great so you're getting recognition you're getting those calls but they'll probably be calling on something that doesn't even exist or just because it gets listed on the site it may actually say not available but they'll call you and they're like is it for sale or is it for rent and not to discount any of those phone calls people because I appreciate and I hope I'm not Kurt on the phone but it's tough when literally 30 to 50 phone calls in a day are like that. That don't, you know, and then yeah. you get to hate the phone. And I've had two crashes <laughs> since phone crashes since then. Cause yeah. like my phone, my phone literally blows up and, and it, then it gets so overwhelming that you can't even decipher between the good and the, the ones that you should really go after and assist and help. So yeah, that's a, that's, that's a I've, miserable way to do things. I, seriously. And, th- and that's been a, it's been a big failure for me on that part. Cause I thought it would be a lot more manageable. Cause here I have a team, I have people that will answer calls, but there's been a whole lot of overload where all of that comes in. And again, it's, it's such an ever changing time and gauging, you know, is this a true buyer? You know, are they really looking for something or are they just, you know, just feeding for information it's like i don't want to be that information source like and it's really tough like to be able to turn one of those calls into like i understand you're interested in this property you know but i work with a you know specific clientele and i want to make sure that you know i can work with you as an agent because this is not my listing but i would be more than happy to work with you and you know nine times out of ten people are like well if they can't get their answer right away they're going away you should see it in the mortgage world the things the things the things yeah. It is so hard to get people to just hand you a complete bank statement. It's getting worse by the year. People just don't want to do their – they just want you to hold their hand a lot, oh, oftentimes. I know. It's ridiculous. I know. Some are really awesome, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's like <laughs> – it's heavy. Well, yeah, even keeping all of those details together because having gone through the process recently myself, so bought in 2014, 
you know, and and I can tell you the the pa- amount of paperwork that I myself and I give this an example yeah. a lot of times when I'm dealing with clients, n- no joke is six inches thick, because I being a 1099 like many people out there that we know and do a lot of work with, you know have to have a paper trail for everything and a paper trail for that paper trail. And they didn't go back two years for me and my husband. They went back five years, you know, because they wanted to make sure that there was a true, clear history. You know, that's a lot and very stressful. Sounds like they were making an exception on something. I am very thankful to that mortgage lender who made that deal happen for me. Every day I'm praising. And now, thankfully, we've, you know, we have a great track record. We we're actually able to do a refinance now that I thought I would have to wait another year for. So I'm glad that they took the time and put forth the effort with me on that because I know that wasn't easy. Yeah, it's a puzzle. Yeah. Especially getting a renovation loan. Yeah. 203K. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a lot of those in a while. I was doing a did, lot for a while. Is that what you did or did you renovate cash? Um, we renovated cash. Okay. We didn't have a wedding. We got a kitchen. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> so cool. money well spent in all honesty. But um. No, I mean, especially now, I have a, I was doing a lot of 203Ks for a while because that's when we brought you on the show on how that was growing. And I think, is that taken, do you think and it's I falling do off the anymore. wayside? I just Because I don't hear people doing them anymore. There, no, I have a whole team in the mortgage lender office yeah. that I work for. Yeah. We have a whole office that just does 203Ks, so, so I there refer are. everything there. Okay. So and there is a... Yeah, there. no, there definitely is. There's okay. just only a few people that are doing them. And a lot of that is because... Having access sometimes is tricky, like where I'm at currently, part of Mortgage One, you can't just write a 203K. You have to make sure the main 203K guy knows you can do it. Right. So with everything I have going on, I'll just refer them over to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never done one at Mortgage One. It'd just be a learning curve. Yeah. You know, so and the way the compensation laws work now, it doesn't make sense to put the time in because you're going to get paid the same it's going to be a whole lot of extra work. So you want it to go to somebody who who can do it really fast and efficient. That has and this guy process. can turn them out in 45 days on average. Yeah. That's huge. I was telling people 60 to 75. Oh, I, I, so that's was, a big I was thinking minimum 75 because I know a lot of that I was working on. It was definitely not 60 or less. Yeah. This guy's 45 on average. Mm-hmm. His whole team is, you know, sometimes quicker if it's a, you know, streamlined, they can do those in 30. Yeah. They're really, but they're really efficient. They have a system in place. They do a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And so they're constantly up to speed on every little nuance with the investor and the overlays mm-hmm. and everything that needs to be done to where it got to the point where I was doing, you know, a couple of months to where I haven't closed one of those since probably 2014. Yeah. It just, That's my, interesting. I, my phone stopped ringing for him. I got a couple calls in the last year, but I referred them both to him. Mm-hmm. John Leach. Okay. At Mortgage One. Okay. Highly recommend him. Okay. And they 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 have their pool of resources of investors. And There's banks one investor that, that they they underwrite it in house and everything. Oh great! So we have okay. one investor for that. Hear that, people? Uh-huh. Tom Reach, Mortgage One. John Leach. John Leach. Excuse me. John Leach, Mortgage One. FHA two or three K Sterling Heights. Great. Yeah, that's great. And he's just I mean he's been doing them a long time. He knows mm-hmm. a ton about them. And actually, the gal that taught me how to do two or three Ks when mm-hmm. she ran that division at Town Mortgage, her mm-hmm. name's. Uh, Lizzie Davidson, she's running our compliance over there. So it's like I'm the band's back together. That's great. And that's, again, as we know, we talked about this a lot regarding underwriting. Yeah, it's that's, really tricky That's these a days. large portion of getting a lot of that pushed through is like having the underwriters in communication enough so that they know almost in advance what things that you might want to submit in early to answer so that you won't get answered. Well, ask it. Yeah, something like that, though. They want to see a full file. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. But, they'll, you know. The your, the broker will get all that up front. Yeah, the lender. Yep. You know, not wait to the you know, not wait as it's asked for. That ha- that does happen. I got one of those frantic calls from a friend mm-hmm. who uh, was going through a two or three k. Not with John. Mm-hmm. She was at Flagstar, and they finally got it done. But it was a little scary moment there. And that was just because the loan officer didn't ask a couple things up front. Yeah, little stuff. I know. Like one of the big things that changed a few years ago that slipped by the you know that slipped through the cracks where a lot of folks don't know is an FHA guideline concerning um, income-based repayments for student loans. That has changed. And mm-hmm. that can really mess up your debt-to-income Because now ratio. it counts. <laughs> it, well, it's even if, let's say, if it's they do an even... income-based repayment, and mm-hmm. let's say you know, if it's less than 1% of the total balance, they're going to qualify you based at 1%. Mm. So that income-based payment, keep an eye on that. If you see a you know $100,000 student loan and the payment's 
150 bucks a month, hold mm-hmm. on. You know, that can that could be an issue there. So that's something that I don't remember seeing a newsletter about that from, you know, from my lender or anything. That I think was it I think it was something new this year I heard regarding yeah, student loan. 2 years. They just had another update. It was maybe it was the more recent update. Yeah, they're doing some really cool stuff actually in the mortgage world to where you're not going to have to pay off a bunch of collections anymore. That that so if you just go by the DU findings on a conventional loan, so hmm. if it doesn't tell you to pay them off, you don't have to. Interesting. That just started the end of July, July 29th, with so, uh, the update of uh, desktop underwriter. So that can free up cash. That can free up cash. That can you know make it easier to qualify. Mm-hmm. You know, get you into conventional loan versus FHA, all all those things. So mm-hmm. again, it's got to have that automated approval though. So it's yeah. always best to have that stuff situated. However. They are making things a bit easier in that world, which is really cool. That so, is good. So I think, you know, for me, I, uh, you know, I'm just not interested in the financing side of sure. it. Sure. I like to help people navigate and find it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be the loan officer anymore. Yeah. Just kind of moving, transitioning. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely enjoy looking at properties and learning about properties. You know, like there's a place over in Midtown I was at today with a photographer taking photos. And in the basement, there's some really cool, just vintage old stuff like a like the wooden box for an old toilet tank. It's mm-hmm, wooden though. Mm-hmm. An old oil drum, mm-hmm. like for the oil, for the heating, mm-hmm. and like an incinerator. Mm-hmm. You know, none of it's hooked up and working or whatever, but it's just kind of, wow, that's neat to see. Yeah. That's a big difference than that you don't get in the mortgage world. No. Because you're just sitting at a desk pushing right. paper, right? And you might occasionally meet someone at a coffee shop. Or at the office or at their home. Yeah, yeah. That happens. Yeah. But, you know, you're talking about finances and stressful things and, eh, Yeah. Just... Not like talking about, well, what do you want to do with this place? Like, what are you going to do in this room? Right. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then I just find myself looking at pictures online of homes constantly. Like, why didn't I think about this years ago? I know. I had a Pinterest addiction, and I've been slowly easing back into it because it was really kind of getting insane. More so with, like, tiny loft spaces and tiny spaces. It was, like, fascinating to me what I've seen on, like, what people can do in a really small space. Did you see that 800-square-foot cottage in Corktown that hit the market recently? I did. How cool is that little place? It's very charming. Holy expensive. Yeah. But what a cool-looking little place. It's a new day in Corktown. (laughs) You better pay cash for that. That's going to be difficult to finance. It will be interesting to see how that happens, in all honesty. Because that's on, is that the one that's on Bagley? There's no, like four. it starts with an L. Oh, Leverett. No, yeah. it's another one, I think. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I don't know. So many things. Because there's like four that are on the market right now in Bagley, which my cohort, Paul, is taking one of my clients through the, today because I'm here. Um, actually, one today, and I'm taking him through one tomorrow. But there's like four, I think four or five on Bagley right now. Scattered throughout Bagley, they're on the market, priced pretty close to the same. Yeah, there's you know? two that just dropped, just under three now, mm-hmm. two ninety and two ninety two. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. And then there's those weird dome looking homes too that are like two twenty. So I knew my friend is listing agent on those. Yeah. Oh, what, is what a weird Kirk? looking is place, Berkshire Hathaway, I think. Um, yeah, and they need work. I mean, they're very intriguing. They're very intriguing. Again, but, how do you finance it? Well, if they're home. If they're, you're going to need a comp like that on the appraisal. True. That's where you're going to run into a problem. Well, you know more than that. <laughs> That's where I see stuff. And All I'm like, I know is That's that awesome. How do you finance I know. it? Do you have, you have a closet in the bedroom? It's see, a bedroom. Ever, ever the mortgage guy, right? I'm thinking, <laughs> right. how do you no, finance that's it? Smart. I'm like thinking, how do you no, appraise you gotta, this? <laughs> you got to think that way. You have to think that way. I think I'm going to have a really, really cool house down river probably next year that'll come on the market. Mm-hmm. And it's round. Ooh. It's the wildest thing. Ooh, like like ooh, very <laughs> like cool. the house is round. Like it's on round. the water? No, it's not on the water. Mm. It's 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 not on water. There's nothing special about the area surrounding it in mm-hmm. terms of like a beach or anything. Okay, it's just a really cool party house. That so sounds very probably a nice millennial couple. Yeah, you know that wants gotta to get some, have a lot of friends and family over and entertaining. Got to get some good pictures of that. Yeah, that will be a goodie. Again, going to be hard to comp. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it because it's such a cool layout. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in those kind of situations, does it help if a buyer puts more money down? It's not even having anything to do that. If they they put more than 20% down, it still has to appraise. It still has to appraise. And, and, you know, the bigger the down payment, the less risk with the loan. So that certainly you can, you know, 10% down on an FHA loan, you know, is a nice compensating factor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to where 20% on a conventional loan would get out of the mortgage insurance range, Mm -hmm. right? 
Um, but a lot of that is going to kind of be case by case and depending on the investor too, unless there's a good comp for it. Yeah. Right. Where something that's, you know, the roundhouse, I mean, it's, it's functioning like a house. Yeah. Unlike that cottage where it doesn't look like there's even really a bedroom. It's just kind of open. open. Yeah. It's all open. So it's like a little mini house loft. Yeah. Well, again, for someone, a busy individual, busy professional that maybe doesn't want a loft, but they want that space and have a backyard and be in a neighborhood, yeah. that's, it's actually priced less than some of the Con- the you know the smaller condos in the city in all honesty yeah so i don't know i think that's you know be being a part of a neighborhood so i i get it it's a cool house yeah just at least online i can only imagine a person so yeah well speaking of so we're talking about different areas did you get a chance to do um the loft tour that our magazine it was like a condo tour no, this wasn't past that weekend the, no i yeah. didn't i didn't one of my you neighbors were probably involved in the tacos and tequila on friday i think so yeah. that might have prohibited your rough. ability Saturday was very rough. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, as we talk about the marketplace of the downtown Detroit, it covered a bunch of new projects, both rental and for sale. Um, the Willie's. Well, right. Willie's Overland Lofts, the Carlton Lofts in Brush Park. So Willie's is in Midtown. The Carlton Lofts, which is, of course, in Brush Park. Then you've got the Elliott, which has been slated for redevelopment for rentals for like 10 years now. So it's good to see a new team that's come in to do that. I did not go through those on Saturday, um, but I, I, but that was on the tour. So that's something to definitely check out. I also looked at the Orleans Landing, check that out. And then um, the Franklin Street Lofts, which I think I already have a buyer for. Those are really great. I love that location, as you know, because yeah. it's in your neck of the woods there by um, Stroh's River Place. And then the St. Charles, which I have... That's the school, right? Yeah, yeah, that I think could really be spectacular because it's not only a tackling of that particular project. It's an, They're expanding on the existing new construction development that was started several years back by a developer, Mike Tyson, and that did a really great job in some townhouses and brownstones. Funny, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but they're doing more infill of like townhouses beyond and around the school, so creating another community and a lot of vacant land that's over there. So I, I love that because I love that area of West Village and Indian Village. This is an island view, which I think... Okay, um, can you settle something? Because a lot of my neighbors and people in the neighborhood are always asking. Somehow they ask me all the time. Okay. I must look like I drink beer a lot. Okay. But I get asked, like, that beer garden over on uh, Van Dyke? Yes. What's the deal? Like, sometimes it's Yeah, sometimes it's open and sometimes it's a dog park. Yeah. So they have to get, like, a daily permit or something and not a a temporary short-term? I think so. Is that the deal? Because, you know, I was only there, like, once when it was Tajmu, but it was being specifically run for just that. So the new focus, I I read something about there was another event that's going on there. So I think, yeah, specific events do occur there and or can occur there, but it's not specifically just a beer garden. Okay. Yeah. Really cool space, though. I love yeah. I love that area, though. Like yeah. you said, craft work, Red Hook. I know, hole. and I want to go to all the, the new residents or re- restaurants, restaurants that are there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's interesting. Like you know, this is the, you know this is the city proper um, development, and we're seeing things put pushing the envelope as far as price per square foot. You know, exceeding three hundred between like three fifty and four hundred, and seeing where you know when these actually hit the market where we're going to be in the marketplace, you know, because a lot yeah. can happen, as we know, in 18 months and in how things are going to be closing and, you know, our projects that were slated to start actually get completed. So, you know what I've been wanting to ask you about? Speaking of buying in Detroit, we're talking about financing uh-huh. Detroit home mortgage that's supposed to cover the shortfall between appraisals or conditions to give you money to rehab. Have you closed one of those? I don't know anybody who's done one. I've, I've heard it's had only, real low, real low turnout in terms of closed numbers. I've only done two. Was it easy, difficult? No, no, no. Did, uh, who was the bank that you had to go through? Because I know like Flagstar's involved, maybe PNC, a hand, maybe Chemical, handful I, of places. I'm trying to think. I Chemical, then it was like, actually it was a little rough because it was when um, Tallmar Bank was transitioning into Chemical. So okay. it was a little, that it was actually a great two family in Hamtramck. So that was one. And then I did one in Pingree, which is the area that's just north of West Village for some clients. And that was really, that was really tough. Oh, not it, Pingree Street. No, what? not Pingree Street, but okay. I guess it's more like Pingree Park. Okay. Um, 
uh, it's a great area, great starter homes um, that are affordable. I mean, I should say then they got the house for 87000 but it was rough because the home was purchased um, a year prior for forty nine cash in the appraisal this year. So a year later, it came in lower. And I was like, what? Like, the values have gone up. I mean, I could see maybe that you didn't give it a high amount of value. But, like, hmm. for it to truly, truly work, we needed the appraisal to maybe come into the same value or even, like, 45 or 50 um, for my clients to automatically qualify for the um, 50 to 75 percent um, shortfall of appraisal with that with a Detroit home loan. And it came in so low, I think it came in originally like 25 and oh then they goodness. readjusted it to like 29 or 30. So my clients, God bless them because they're they're doing a lot of work and, you know, timing and everything was such. And we, we'd been looking for a really long time and it had been hard in their price point because they – they really wanted to find something like under a hundred. That's really tough to get a good solid home that doesn't need an exorbitant amount of renovations. And they they found this place, and they still had to come out of pocket like thirty thousand dollars. Wow! So that's with the Detroit home loan. So I'm just, and it took a long time, and it was like I should say days? a long time. Uh, it took probably about seventy. Okay, so you know, it's in line but still, with so I guess it wasn't bad. It was just really, of. really stressful because we were fighting the appraisal. And we really tried to give justification. And again, it was at that cusp of that particular area when things just started to sell on Grand Boulevard, you know, outside of the strict areas of West Village and Indian Village. So there were pocket things that were pending but hadn't necessarily closed yet. And it was just really, really tough. And so now, thankfully, of their closing, that's propelling additional properties in that neighborhood to now get listed and get sold. So now like the client that I that my associate is covering for me on tonight is seeing two on Field Street that are priced high, you know, both of which are two families. And you know, we you weren't seeing like two families on Field Street going for over $200,000. Like when have you seen that? So it's like definitely that that um the values are increasing and are stretching along that whole eastern Woodward court, I mean Jefferson corridor as well. Which I, I I think those areas are really great. I mean, really, really great. Yes. So I went kayaking recently with my friend <gasps> Liesl. So nice. Her folks have a place right over by the Manugia Mansion on the river. Yeah, yeah. So we kayak right off there. And so we went over to Belle Isle and cut through the island. And so do you go in at Keens? Did you dock at Keens or that no, other no, other marina? We didn't, you didn't? No. we, we From the house. From the house. Got oh, out of the nice. kayaks from there. Okay. You know? And then we went over across to Belle Isle, cut through the island, came back out like near where they have the for the turns the yes the like the ha- wild habitat yes yes. So we came out and turned back towards MacArthur Bridge yes, and found the old Boblo boat. And then mm-hmm. where all those giant million dollar homes are being built on what is it Gray Haven or whatever that neighbor is two near Gray Haven. you've got Gray Haven and then you've got um, the which is um, Keelson Street and then you've got. I've got a listing on Sandbar Lane. So that's the other Morgan Waterfront Estates. That's yes. the one that's further west. Correct. Right? Next to the old goat shipyard. Correct. That's we all I know. I found the old goat house. Did boat you really? house. <gasps> yeah. I was taking pictures. Like, Well, my friend was taking pictures of me in front of it. But it was like I think somebody might live over there still. But it's such a weird thing. You see this crazy looking old boat. Looks mm-hmm. full of stuff, and then you, there's these million dollar homes when you turn around in the canal. <laughs> Isn't that wild? But just that's what like Detroit's just cool, like that. You find weird things like that, and and th- I think I guess there's a documentary about that Goat Island too. I read about that because I saw people were posting on social media regarding the history of that, and that you know, oh, it's please been under tag the same owner um, for a really long time, and now it's up on the market. The whole island is for sale. No, 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 that marina. Okay. That the so if that's the marina just to the on the other side to of it. the uh, west of Morgan Waterfront Estates where that whole landmass starts. And I can't, yeah, I'm trying to think how much was it? Was it 1.3 or three million, something like for that for the marina? And yeah. then that vacant old whatever used to be there, the Goat Island is that's just its own thing. Yeah, and it looks like looking at the docking in the in the water, it went pretty much as lo- on that side as long as the island. Guessing maybe they used to build boats there. I wouldn't doubt it. That whole marina district down there. Yep. So we were kind of wondering that maybe it was boats. But it, really cool adventure though, right? Just, Isn't that great? I went kayaking through the canals on Belle Isle just the other weekend when um, 
family was in town visiting, How and was that, that was great. It was amazing. First of all, it was a perfect Saturday day, and we left around one thirty, two o'clock. Great sun, and had to cut across, you know, the channel. So we put in right at. Um, Oh God! It's not Keens. It's the the Marble Station that's right next to it. I forget the name of that marina. Anyway, that it's great. Um, so this friend of my sister's um, runs this great kayaking business, um, and it's got all this great space. It's like up on a hill. It's like the best spot ever. She's got this great dock. Um, yeah, and she does tours all the time. She does like a twilight tour, and this was an afternoon tour, and so we. Put in the water there, which is offset right from the, where the Bablo boat is, and we cut clear across okay, the channel. Okay, so you came off the Jefferson side. So yeah. I guess you can, on the island, you can get into all those little canals yeah. if you rent on Yeah, from the too. rentals on the island, right, yeah. exactly. And that would be great, too. So we we didn't do the roundabout way because it was a heavy, windy day. It was like 19 knots, and they're like, eh, the current can be kind of crazy if you're not a strong paddler. And we had a lot of beginners in, in part of our group, so we just did through the canals and through the... The little lagoon area. Okay. And then background. But it was like so amazing. Got to, you know, I didn't really swim, but it jumped in the water. Um, but it was great. I wanted, she also does one that goes through the canals, like in the Clink Island and stuff that's supposedly really great, like a twilight dinner tour, which. That sounds fun. I mean, like, I was like, eh, it makes you want to buy a kayak. Like, what a great way to see Detroit's waterfront, you know, that way. Yeah. And explore. And it, it, it wasn't as treacherous as I thought it would be. Like I feel much more confident in a kayak than I would even in, I think, a canoe. Um, uh, but it, I mean, because I, you know, I'd heard all these rumors. Oh, the currents of Detroit is really strong and it's really tough. I mean, it, it was a good day. Trust me. I'm sure there are days where it's a lot rougher. I don't think I would do a paddleboard. No, that would freak me out. Now I would have to have like a web wetsuit yeah. and a life jacket on because all the things. I would need to be a bobbing apple in that current if it yeah. took me. You know and. Yeah, yeah, it's a dangerous I'm, current there. Yeah, but, but kayak. I know much guys. Easier. Dad used to work on the police boat, so that dude will never go in that water. He's like, I really? would, ne- I would never kayak in that water. He just too many stories of his dad pulling bodies out. You ah. know? so that's what you do when you work that boat. And that makes for another good show, by right? The way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, police boat bodies. All right. So you were talking about coaching. Yes, reminded me of yes. a really, really good book that mm-hmm. was written by a gentleman that has a company called. I think it's the group out of uh, it's a real estate company out of Colorado. Okay. His name's Larry Kendall. Okay. He wrote a book called Ninja Selling, and he does classes. Oh, I have that book. I haven't read it yet, but I got read that it. book. Read I hear it's no, it's it's Re- been. Did you hear what I said? Read it. Read it. <laughs> read it. That's it's your good, that's your IT read. quick speed jargon. Read it. Read it. it sounds like a like a frog. Read yeah, it. Read it. <laughs> no, but no, it, like it, good stuff. Like yeah. I'm just a couple chapters in, and wow. Yeah. Well, I like that's why I like going. I like having a coach, and I I also joined the Yes Network, which I've only gone to two of those conventions. That's another big real estate convention. They have one every month. I think out of the Novi, the the, is it, the, the show place show place yeah. yeah is where they come, and they have one that's like half the morning and and then or half the day, and then they have an evening one usually every month. And there's some good stuff there. You just keeping yourself in tune of like thinking the way that you know you think, but sometimes you forget to think that way. So it's like reinforcing a lot of this, the the education tools that you already know that you have, but like it reinforces you wanting to truly implement them because we all get stuck in patterns or rhythms yeah. that kind of, we're our own worst enemies where we don't do what we know we should be doing. And it's like breaking through those molds. And like, I find those that help. I, I, I like going to continuing education. Like my favorite time of the year is actually going through Con Ed for real estate. I dread it initially, but I love the legal stuff because you get to learn so much. And that's what that's what makes my belief in this whole career of real estate to be that much more fascinating because it's always changing and there are always things to learn about and, and to become better and more proficient at, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And not, and, and, you know, and again, having you on the show, it's like not to be afraid to to work with and talk with um, other people in this industry, like it's well, not no, about exactly. like it's about taking, networking, yeah, right? and not about taking the territory. Well, no, exactly. You know? the thing, like I, I had a was referred a buyer out of my Ann Arbor mortgage office mm-hmm. who wants to buy a second home in Detroit, mm-hmm. and I'm like, she mentioned the Park Shelton. I'm like, I have a friend over there. Ding ding ding. Yep. So Which, do we have an appointment for that, by the way? 
no, you're just going to, we're checking tomorrow and see if we can come through on us. Get tomorrow. with her and figure a time for tomorrow Friday because we're on. Yeah, she's good way. either way. So, yeah. okay, so we're good for tomorrow Friday. Yes. All yeah. right. Yeah, so that's a pre listing. You get the ins on. Yeah. yeah. So I, now I, it's out there. Now <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> so I have a like, family friend member that I'm like another agent, a friend of ours, uh-huh. has been renting out this property for her for a long time. Okay. And he asked me to kind of help on it because, you know, our buddy Tim. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tim is, he bought a new house, so he's not in River Place anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's temporarily like far away from the city. So it's hard for him to get back to Midtown. Mm-hmm. So I was over there today shooting photos and stuck my business cards at the mailbox and phone starts ringing. Mm-hmm. So I'm showing it tomorrow at 730 in the morning. <laughs> God bless you. That's great. I mean, great. I'm up at 430 or 5, so I just wake up. Yeah. Well, I'm up to say that. I am capable of holding a serious conversation is a different story. Well, that, I can check my email and send out emails like the best of them at six, but I don't necessarily want to talk. talk or be out of pajamas and fully clothed and presentable at that point. Anyway. I didn't think about that part. I'll have to yeah. have pants on. Huh? Got to think about that. Yeah. Go to bed, like take your shower at night and go wake up dress, you know, <laughs> dress, go to bed dressed. To go you just might have to tossle on. that head of hair a little bit just, and then you'll be out to go. Sunglasses will hold yeah. it up. There we go. See? Yeah. That works. That works. Yeah. I mean, it's good that you got that referral, Tim, because he's a great person to who... Um, yeah, who's great to work with and also somebody you can actually learn from because he has got a good background regarding real estate development and sales too. Because um, his project where you live, he helped sell the remaining units at 200 yeah. River Place Lofts, Stroh's River Place, which is a great feat. You know? He knows everything about that building. As one should. You know, that's it's a great project. Um, when I was working for the developer of that back in 99. I was Bartman? working, yep, I was working on taking the original reservation list for that project. Um, but then I left Farman in what, 2000 and I think one or Did two? you know that the, the Oakland County treasurer was an intern at Farman during that time? Andy Meisner worked for Farman on that project. I then I must have come He was an intern or something Andy. then. Yeah. yeah. I had to have. I had yep. to have. And yeah. now he's our treasurer of Oakland County. It's been since no 2008. Kidding. Yeah. Nearly Small 10 world. years now. Small world. Yep. That was probably a good experience for him. Let me tell you. Yeah, Andy's, Andy's a sharp guy. Mm-hmm. He knows a lot of stuff. He's doing a great job in Oakland County, especially with what he's doing with Pontiac. Mm-hmm. He's getting a lot of business down there and oh, doing a great needs job. needs it. It really needs it. It's a beautiful city. Beautiful And he's city. just a great dude, like a mm-hmm. good human being. That's important. So. That's really important. Yeah. Um, with this start off that you're doing with getting back in or getting into real estate, where do you see yourself? Like, what what direction do you want to go into? Like, do you think you want to be more of a buyer's agent? Do you want to be more of a seller's agent? Like, how? how well, I do think you I'll to... probably want to be more of a seller's agent. Mm-hmm. You know, initially, but I'll have a lot of buyer traffic. I'll have an agent set site live pretty soon, and mm-hmm. that'll work. That'll help to capture a lot of buyer leads and some sellers. But uh, I can definitely see myself, you know, being a seller's agent. Got it. Both. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still, you know, it's early for me. So yeah. I might give a shot at property managing on this rental. So that we'll can see. be a great experience too. That's an ever changing world of business. Yeah. And I've done dabbled in a lot of that through the years, um, as I've been in real estate too. And again, it's further enhancing your experience and background and getting all of that together. You know, or getting you know, creating that whole package of knowledge that's just gonna make you that much better to any client that you work with. So that's really great. You know? Yeah, and I think my wheelhouse in terms of the clients, mm-hmm. I mean, cash buyers are great, right? Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to really excel with folks that need financing just because I'll be able to help them navigate that stressful process. Sure. So sure. I don't know if that you'd call that a niche necessarily. I would say so. Yeah. But you know. um, I'm definitely not trying to be the loan officer and the real estate agent, though. I hear you. And you don't want to get yourself caught in trying to be both either. Well, you can as long as you disclose it and it's only a conventional loan. But still. But you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. because then people, you know, as agents already, people often take what what we tell them to be the good God almighty resource of all. Not that we don't want them to think that way, but then... It's always when things go right. <laughs> you know, yeah, you told me this. That's hey, uh, what I believed. You know, yeah. So. Yeah, well, that's why I've, just as long as I have that license active, that protects me. 
Yes, very true. And you're going to keep it active, right? That's the plan. Okay. But, you know, there's a lot of Con Ed involved with that. Yeah. So how do people get in contact with you if they want to work with you now? 313-410-8445. And what's your email? Christian at DreheimProperties.com. And how about, do you have a website? DreheimProperties.com. Dreheim is D-R-A-H-E-I-M. I have to say thank you. I'm so glad you're on the show today. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, this is fun. And I, I feel like there's one other. Oh, here. All right. So a music thing. Oh, Shane quick. Park. Shane Park. But Plug. also, I was listening to WDET today and caught an interview with a gentleman named the Craig, Craig Brown from the Craig Brown Band who just got signed to Jack White's label, Detroit <gasps> Artist. Very cool. So they have something, I think, coming up that they're doing at Third Band. Very so, nice. Yeah. I thought that was kind of neat. Because they're so, doing live shows there. Yeah. Yeah, so they just had a little, I caught part of the interview today, and I was like, oh, cool. So I I don't know if that's the first Detroit artist that uh, Third Man has signed since they've been in town. I think it might be. I don't know, but that's very cool. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. So Shane Park. Yes. um, Tonight, there's uh, Layla Hathaway, Donnie Hathaway's daughter. Okay. And then, um, let's see here, some highlight shows I can kind of think of is... Let's see here. Run DMC is coming up. So great. And uh, that's going to be on Sunday the 27th. Nice. Next weekend, folks. And let's see here. What do we else we have coming up here? Um, and that's a Sunday. It's barely any tickets left for that. Okay. And uh, I think everything that's left is 100 bucks and up. Nice. At, that moved quick. And uh, what else do we have here? Yeah. Gucci Mane this Saturday okay. with Young M.A. Okay. Morris Day in the Time next Wednesday. What? Yeah. And then we have our Return of the Legends, which is on September 3rd, and which is uh, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. It's going to be a bunch of um, the uh, like Curtis Blow type artists. Hold on a second here. Okay. Oh, what? We're waiting. Yeah. It's just internet's being slow here. Well, Let's how do see they here. find cool out Modi. the schedule? Cool uh, Modi. Wow. Yep. Cool Modi, Marley Marl, Roxanne, Shantae, MC Shan, Big Daddy Kane, Bismarcky, Mastace, and Cool G Rap, and, and Craig G. And, and if they need more information, what website do they go to to find out about tickets? ShanePartDetroit.com or Ticketmaster. Fantastic. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Christian. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Till next time. All right. Yeah, we'll do it next year. We'll do like a year in review and see how you're doing after a year in real estate. I like that. I like that. So so around mid-August next year. That sounds good. Get through the summer season of 2018 when all this new stuff is coming online. We'll see where we're at. You know, feast or famine. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. So everyone, before we end this show, I wanted to go over some new things. So as I was talking at the beginning, we finally, after a a year of work on this website. So of course... I've changed quite a bit of how I want this website to be, you know, and until it gets actually released, there have been a lot of um, updates to, to the kind of content that I want to promote out there. So lo and behold, by August 27th, that's going to be released. So keep in mind, I'm going to do a great like um, cost analysis comparison. So what it was then and what it is now. So people keep an, can keep an eye out where the market is going and in a short term period of time, whether it's a year out or two years out from where things have been selling um, to talk about a lot of the development projects, new and old that exist in the city. So if you're looking for condos in the city, where to go as well as focusing a lot in the um, out surrounding neighborhoods of Metro Detroit that um, are definitely getting their fair of um, great renovations um, by way of homes that are affordable, whether you're looking at Rosedale park or the area of like Pingree park um, Island View, North End, um, Jefferson Chalmers. So I'm very excited to um, provide that to you, my audience, for um, a better education for knowing where you want to find um, places to live within the city of Detroit. Um, some new listings coming up just down the street from Christian's listing. I've got two townhouse condos that could make Um, I'm working on the financials to see if it's both a great economic resource, not only for an owner-occupant as well as an investment property. It's a new construction townhouse, which the type of construction has been really favorable in a lot of the um, college campuses because you kind of have your own bedroom and bathroom situated in each floor. So it's kind of like a multi-level townhouse, which 
you know, has, again, taken... I mean, it's what I lived in when I went to school out in Colorado, and I've seen it in Ann Arbor, but it's a relatively new thing here in the city of Detroit. So it could be a very interesting, attractive package for the investor. And so look for more information. I'm putting together a financial piece, and that will all be posted um, on my website as well as on my Twitter feed and Facebook. So if you're looking for making an investment, if you've got a college undergrad or grad, it could be a great opportunity because as we're seeing rental rates in Midtown go higher, it could be a great source. Also going to be turning, um, working on a platform for more of a rental concierge service with my new team I have in place for uh, the Liz in Detroit um, real estate group. Um, As we're seeing more things come online for rentals, it's getting harder and harder for a lot of people coming in that don't know Detroit to navigate those areas. So we're kind of working on a little concierge niche where you know, you just make a phone call to our team and we can pick those places out for you. So you don't have to struggle for numbers to figure out where to go. You come to us and we can cater a tour according to your needs. So working on that. So stay tuned. So it's like functioning like a real city. That's really cool. I know. Isn't I it though? Hey, I had a question for you about yes. the neighborhood. Virginia mm-hmm. Park. Yes. 5000 to 400000 You got it. <laughs> you got it. All right. So... Is it, it doesn't appear to be about this block versus that. It's just sure. sort of what's rehab versus what's not. Correct. And what's the surrounding area like? Similar to how things in Boston Edison were starting, you know, and it's spreading from there. So it's good to see that. And we might very well be working with um, a pool of, of properties from an investor in that same area, Virginia Park, from that 4000 not to 400000 but, you know, in a much more affordable range from something that needs a major rehab to a smaller rehab, you know, that I think... I find it's, again, it's really important to find those affordable houses in the city. Not yeah. every buyer, it doesn't make a city sustainable with everything going for three and $400 a square foot. You know, we've got to create that meld for. Yeah, I have yeah. actually two cash buyers that are look thinking Virginia Park and a couple other places that are not like a cork town as yet, but sure. on the cusp. Okay. Right. Well, stay tuned. Yeah. Because there will be more. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for being here for show 23. Look forward to bringing 24 to you very soon. Take care.